Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network. This is Patrick Honeywell. Today I am honored to have a very special guest, author and historian Maria Jose Sevilla. Maria Jose has worked for many years in the field of food and wine as a cook, a writer, and a broadcaster, and has been at the center of the discovery of Spanish cuisine by chefs and food writers throughout the world. A member of the British Guild of Food Writers, Maria Jose holds the diploma of the Wine and Spirit Education Trust and is a member of the Gran Orden de los Caballeros del Vino. On today's podcast, Maria Jose details her fascinating journey, and we discuss her recent book, Delicioso, A History of Food in Spain. She also shares some tips on preparing a very special Basque family meal. Maria Jose, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Very, I'm very, very happy to be here with you. Hey, t- Olo, tell us where, where are you right now? I know where you are, but I think people will be just, oh my gosh, I wish I was there. Tell me, where are you right now? Yeah, and in a wonderful place called Aracena. Well, I am a few kilometers away from Aracena in a natural park. Um, a natural park belonging to the Sierra Morena and, mm. and Andalusia. And um, um, between Seville and Lisbon, somewhere. Nice. Well, you have a, a fascinating history, uh, as many people know, Maria Jose, a life dedicated to cookeries and wine, cookery and wines. So let's talk yeah. a bit about your um, background, your history a little bit. The whole thing really started because I, well, um, I came to England uh, a long time ago and just for a few weeks, um, I was a university student um, doing economics, (laughs) which is not exactly the same thing. Anyway, came to London, fell in love with an Englishman and I got married. Oh, And eventually... I was offered a little job at the Spanish Embassy uh, commercial office uh, to deal with the um, situation of Spain uh, when we were just outside of the European Union. And I could do a little bit um, of work and then I started writing a little bit, but not very much. Anyway, eventually they offered me a job. Spain was investing quite heavily in the promotion of food and wine in places like the UK and also in the United States. And I was offered a job to um, deal uh, with the situation with the European Union. From there, eventually, I want to leave because I want to carry on with my studies. And then I was offered another job. And this time, I was offered a job to do with food and wine. And I thought... And in those days, to be Spaniard and to be a woman was not necessarily the good thing to do um, by working on food, and particularly on wine, on the wine um, in the UK. In mm-hmm. those days, wine was cosa de hombres. Oh, come on, really? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. Anyway, Gosh. so I decided, well, what can I do? I really want to do a career in wine, probably in food. What shall I do? And I thought, well, let's study 
let's get a degree in, uh, in something related to wine. Mm -hmm. And perhaps if I'm a clever girl, um, I will get a job that I want to do, mostly in marketing. Anyway, so I did pass, I managed to get um, permission from the embassy um, for four years. I studied and I got a diploma of the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. That still was not enough. So I was still a Spanish. I was still a woman. You know, anyway, I was offered a very good job as an assistant director on a new department dealing with foods. Yeah, the promotion of Spanish food in the UK. Wow. Which in those days, in those days was we had to do a start from the very beginning. Mm. Spanish was, Spain was not in a very clever position in those days. Anyway, I started a little more studies, a few more years, and um, all, all of a sudden I started um, getting involved with a, a group of people that used to attend a wonderful congress in Oxford. The food, yeah, the Oxford Food Symposium, which many American wonderful academics attend every year. Anyway, so I started attending. I out of the blue, I did paper on a very um, obscure um, utensil, a very ancient utensil of Basques. I presented the paper, and after presenting the paper, I got somebody came to me and said would you write a book about fast food? So I thought, oh goodness, you know, this is a little bit too big for me, but I thought, why not? So I try, I had a wonderful editor helping me a lot. And anyway, so I wrote my first book. And I think that was the beginning really of my career, working in parallel as um, working at the commercial office of Spain and started writing and started presenting television. In those days, there were very few people doing television in the UK, Spanish people doing in mm -hmm. television in the UK. And I was working, I did a short series for, um, for a, an independent uh, chain. And um, out of the blue, still assistant director of Food Someone from Spain, I was called uh, by the BBC. And they asked me if I will write and present a series to celebrate the, the Olympics in 92 and to celebrate the discovery of America. Wow. I couldn't believe it. That's but amazing. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Here I was petrified. Of course, my <laughs> office, my office were uh, very happy. And two years later, Spain on a plate was um, broadcasted uh, by the BBC. And uh, that year we won uh, the, uh, the Glenfiddich Award to the best uh, series of uh, television on food and wine. That's so amazing. that was very lucky. But my career was always in parallel with my career at the Spanish Embassy at the Commercial Office. So you were really a great representative of Spain in the food side. 20 years ago. Uh, uh, did you incorporate wine in the series too, or was it primarily uh, just no, the food? No, 
No, the series is actually uh, now when you see it, uh, you can see it has aged. The series is still as beautiful as was before because mm. I was very lucky. Mm. I had two main people that were very important to this. One was the producer, which was interesting because he was a vegetarian. A vegetarian those days producing Spanish food. Well, was interesting. Was very challenging for him and for me. Mm. And also, uh, the lighting cameraman became my husband. Oh, so you had an Italian and an Englishman. Uh, well, uh, I had, no, no, the, the vegetarian, yeah, vegetarian and an Englishman. So that was a good combination. So anyway, so one thing or the other, I carry on. In those days, I, I used to do quite a bit, a lot of television. And of course, you know, once you are a figure in the BBC, the people want you. And that, of course, opened my way to America to the Kalinari Institute of America, to, to um, Greystone. Um, and um, for a number of years, I went to teach. Um, what it is for me is what is food culture. For me, you cannot understand the food and the wine of a country if you don't understand a little bit why it's that way. That's why uh, my latest book, after so long, seven years after, I've been writing for seven years, I managed to find my way in trying to explain why the food and the wine of Spain are the way they are. Mm, can I say, can I interject a little bit? You know, I have that book and, it, and it's amazing. And uh, there's a little, bit of a, a little bit of a saying here I want to read out loud. Um, about the book, Maria Jose Sevilla skillfully weaves together the history of Spanish cuisine, the circumstances affecting its development and characteristics, and the country's changing relationship to food and cookery. And it's so true. It's a very deep book, and it, it makes you feel like you're there kind of experiencing and living through different things where it started, how things started to change, how it affected other areas, you know, a little bit about the progression. It's an amazing book. Well, um, what I need to do now, really, um, is probably do um, an extra section, because what has been fascinating to me is the effect of COVID on the Spanish gastronomy, and also the um, the situation between what it was the most creative cuisine of more probably on our history, which is uh, they are the, the, the times of Ferran Adria plus, and what is happening now as a consequence, not only of COVID, COVID is very recent, but what happened with these uh, profound changes in the understanding of what this, how the Spanish food was moving in the highest spheres, uh, how it was moving in the middle spheres, which it did happen as well in many times in history, that you had the food of the noble and you had the, the food of the poor, or and how there were transitions. So this is um, fascinating. So I think that probably I need to write a new chapter um, from uh, uh, 2020 
So I have to wait a little, but probably uh, 19, probably 2019 to 2022. Would you add a chapter to the current book and just expand the book? That would be great. Yes, yes yeah. that's what I want to do. Great. Um, well, obviously, we'll have to see what my... But if I don't do it in the book, I will do it anyway, and I will publish as a paper, an academic paper. I will publish a, I will publish a, an extra chapter of, of this Spanish history. You know, you're such a great historian for Spanish food and wine, but we mentioned this book, which is amazing, but you've got some other cookbooks too. And uh, as a coincidence, I just ordered the other three books today from Amazon, which they're available. So I have the Delicioso, A History of Food in Spain. And then I want to talk a little bit about this next book, Life and Food in the Basque Country, because that's fascinating. Uh, Spain on a Plate is another book that looks fantastic, and also Mediterranean Flavors. So I'd like to walk through a little bit um, of what you think of the book and what, maybe why you wrote it. Um, but I want to start with the Basque Country because I think some feel, and I want your thoughts on it, Maria Jose, that it's the best food in the country. Um, so I want to know, what does Basque cuisine mean to you? Well, these days, Patrick, you have to make a, a line, a division between regional food and the food that has been created in the last 20 years. Sometimes they go together. One maybe goes further, the other one remains. And if I'm talking to you about regional food, I still say that to me, but of course I'm a little bit biased because I'm a little bit not Basque, but Navarran. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, what it is in terms of regional food, I still believe that the Basques, the Basques love more food than anybody else I love. And because they love it so much, because they got so many wonderful food uh, and products, they, and because they are very keen to eat very well, Men and women, they all cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then remains to me that way. It's an excitement about you are still, even in 19, uh, 1976, when the uh, becoming at age, what it was going to call the Nueva Cocina Vasca, which it was enormously influenced by the Nouvelle Cuisine. But this, there was this group of past chefs creating, modernizing, but believing in this incredibly uh, quality of products. And I believe that you mentioned these chefs, some of the chefs in the book, right? Absolutely. Fantastic. And, uh, he is still very strong and very youthful. Um, his name is Pedro Subijana, Mm. of the three Michelin star restaurant Aquilarre in San Sebastian. And he was the chef who opened so many doors for me. We, we also were very lucky because when we filmed Spain on the Plate, I filmed him. We had the most wonderful time mm. in Aquilarre filming. But also he opened before, he, when I met him, was because he came to cook in London. He was the first chef they had cooked in, um, in a country on behalf of Spain 
for journalists and authors. And he was so successful. Anyway, we became like it happened with normally with chefs or with people who love food. We became friends for life. And we are still so strong friends. And he influenced me all the time. If I have a doubt, I call him, send me a little note, or I will see him. What a great relationship. Oh, yes. Man. <laughs> magical, magical. So, you know, with, of course, Chef Subihana opened so many doors, and then I had the possibility to start writing about the Basque Country. But it was the relationship between people and food. The book, I'm, I'm more interested, I really I am, that probably is the core of my interest in Spanish food. Is that relation of men and food, men and food, women and food, you know, um, and it's not exactly the same. Women and men, we cook slightly different. We feel slightly different. We got children. We, 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 you know, we approach things in a slightly different way. We are not from Mars <laughs> <laughs> or Venus, right? <laughs> or Venus, which is beautiful. <laughs> From yeah. here. Can you see it from the farmhouse? He's <laughs> oh. looking at me. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I, I was very interested in, in this, and I was offered a book and for two years. And also I had backing in terms of the office backed me up so I could travel with frequency. And I, for two years, I traveled all the time. And I contact all these people and the food they were cooking, from the ultimate to the most humble, mm. from the family to the fisherman, from the kaiku maker to the cheese maker. And which one was more exciting than the next? That's fascinating. And so you take was- us on the journey in, the, in your books. I mean, this book, I'm so excited. Well, I'm excited to get all of them. I've got one. I've got three to go, and I think you have another one too. Um, but yeah, thank thank you for uh, yeah for having these books. And I'm so excited. They're you know they're on Amazon, so I can grab them. I'm in the U.S. You're you know in the U.K. and Spain. You're in the Spain now, but I am. I live in between the two countries. So how do you do that? I have I had that for later in the interview, but I'm going to ask you now because you just said that. So how do you? What's your what what is a lot? What's the day in the life or a month in the life of Maria Jose? Well, of course, COVID has break my circle. But normally what I do, for the last, um, I needed to leave the office because I wanted to, to, to write much more seriously. And my job in the office was quite big and mm. it was impossible. And also I was getting on, on age. So I left the office to finish Delicioso, my, my last book. Mm-hmm. And so from that moment, I've been living in between London. Uh, I live in Wimbledon, which is a very nice place to live, mm. um, just in front of the beautiful Wimbledon Common. So I wow. am in, in the middle of a forest, nice. see, which is, I love forests. So I got a forest in London. And um, 17 years ago, we bought the El Tauzal, which is a small, beautiful, Paradise, small but utterly beautiful, in the middle uh, in the middle of um, of the Sierra, not far from Seville, but mm-hmm. in the Sierra, we are nearly 100 meters above sea level, mm-hmm. and is is 
is incredibly beautiful, uh, Patrick, and it's peaceful, and it's where I can write, and where I can cook better and better. And there you are. We will be here all, um, all the month of September because um, El Fauzal, the Finca, fights against a boat. My husband is a sailor. Mm. He sails a lot. So, so I had to compromise and I have to go back in October so we can sail for another month. Oh, gosh. Then I might try to come back in November for a little while here. And then Christmas will be in London with my children. And after Christmas, who knows? Probably we'll have to do something else. And of course, comes March, we'll start sailing. May, <laughs> huh. we'll pop to Aracena. <laughs> you have a fascinating life. And your husband sounds awesome. And you, you have a great family. Your kids, I've seen some photos on Instagram. They look fantastic. And they're very good cooks. My son, Daniel, is an amazing cook. I saw he, a photo of him. I think he was doing a paella or something. Yeah, but it, it's interesting what COVID does to human beings. Mm. Uh, Daniel is a designer. His business in, is based on big structures, the creation of big structures for big fairs, mm-hmm. international fairs. And of course, uh, COVID almost stopped that. So he developed a pop-up restaurant, a, a a bubble of glass in his wonderful garden. Gosh. And he's, he cooks for six to eight people in the evening. This amazing food. I wish you were here. Take I photos, photos. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could hear you uh, uh, to bring you there. Yeah, he is an amazing, he has become self-made, a really, and he's a chef. Mm-hmm. You know that I always have this thing about chefs and cooks. He's a chef. And he really uh, has this talent is not only in the flavor uh, in understanding, but also in the visuality because he's a designer and his dishes are visually stunning without being silly. So, and my granddaughter, Sophia, has become a quite good pastry little chef. Fantastic. It's only 16. She's already... It's already, at, it's already cooking very well. She's a, a good pastry chef, like her mother is. So, you know, uh, the family encouraged, well, uh, my mother was a good cook, but she, she preferred that somebody else cook for her. But my grandmother was a professional cook. Jeez, that's uh, amazing. Has a wonderful story. Well, one of those hardest stories of the very hard time of Spain in the in the, in the, in the the 30s and the 20s and the 30s. She became a widow when she was 26, three small children, and she had to go and uh, work for a big house, an industrial house, and she became a cook. And she became an, a very, very well-known uh, cook. Wow. I, still, I still cook for some of her recipes. So you see, is the love comes from a long way. Yes. It traveled yeah. through, traveled through your life with your family and re- different regions. It, and it does, it does, it does.
let's say that your son, daughter, and you know the, the kids are over and you're going to have put together dinner, what would you make? Okay. Uh, well, uh, in Aracena or in London? Uh, uh, how do you pronounce Ara- Aracena? Ara- Aracena. 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 There. Aracena or in London. I give you lunch in Aracena and then in London. Okay. Uh, when I came, we came uh, 10 days ago and we arrived, we were traveling, we came by ferry and we were traveling from Salamanca to Aracena. We arrived at three o'clock and here was this delightful table. And what he had prepared was these little prawns from Huelva, mm. these white prawns, little lovely plate of prawns from Huelva. Then he did a plate of eggs uh, with fresh made mayonnaise and tuna. Then, then he did um, a escalivada of aubergine. Um, rem- well, you don't know. They are pescatarian. They don't eat meat. Oh, okay. Okay. So they then they ha- we had the eggs. We had we had a beautiful Catalan dish, which is called escalivada, which is roasted aubergines, onions, and red peppers in a salad. And then what else it is? Oh yes. We call patatas aliñas, potatoes aliñadas, which are boiled potatoes, but we have a variety of wonderful yellow potato here, which is uh, quite um, quite waxy, but it's still uh, it, with a good bite. And then um, he did um, a marinated with uh, parsley and chives and green peppers, and spring onions, and with lots of cherry vinegar, very good Andalusian olive oil. So it was a classic summer lunch. All I can yeah. say is, wow. <laughs> that, that was lunch. Nice. But in London, um, then, then sometimes when we do, it should, he, he does a dish and I do another dish, or maybe my daughter does a pudding, Something like that. But sometimes I cook the whole dinner and he does the whole dinner. Now, one thing that I can I do these days, for instance, if I want to reproduce a good Basque dish, then I get cod. I salt it for just a couple of four hours. A big, you know, a, a really saddle of cod, cut it into. And then I do a really a strong sauce of onions, tomatoes, and peppers. Mm. Cook very slowly, very slowly. And then uh, you just pass the pieces, so you desalted the pieces under the tap. So it's a little bit salty, but not salty. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. a little taste that it gives you the taste of the Basque. Then I put it in a big cazuela. You know the cazuelas of Ethenware? Mm-hmm. I cook with lots of them, and then I put my fish. I just cook it for a moment or two with a tiny bit of water. Mm-hmm. Put all the sauce, this beautiful sauce that has been cooking for a couple of hours on top, and then I move my cazuela for maybe five minutes until the fish take on board all the beautiful flavor of the sauce. So that could be a, a dish. That sounds good to me, like right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that could I could start with 
maybe in his, I could start with something like a, a soup of, um, they call it um, gazpacho mm. of fruits, but mm. I, I don't call it gazpacho. For me, gazpacho is gazpacho andaluz, not gazpacho of beetroot or raspberries or strawberries. Those are beautiful soups, but not gazpacho. To me, but as you know, uh, I'm getting old, so I'm getting a bit. You're getting young, got younger every day. Sure. <laughs> anyway, so I might serve this little soup first. I must serve the fish. And then I might do Spanish pudding or not. Mm. I might do something as, as simple as all this wonderful summer fruit with a base of good bread. We bake bread at home. So mm -hmm. bread with uh, butter on top. Then the night before, I cut all the fruit. Um, if I have plums and apricots and peaches and things like that, cut it all, put it with good Spanish wine and um, some um, honey and probably, uh, you know, a, a little lime juice and probably a little mint. And then I macerate all the fruit overnight. Then oh before we serve it, before we, we started eating, I pour the uh, all the fruit on top on the bread and butter and put it in the oven and then the juice is melted on the bread and the butter Gosh. and you serve it with a little bit of fresh cream or creme fraiche or creme pâtissière whatever you fancy to do and that could be uh, a dinner now wait a minute now are these in your recipe books this is I wish I could write everything down. This sounds amazing. No, this would be in my next book. <laughs> oh man! But the idea is very, the idea is very Spanish, Patrick. Oh my, oh my. Well, listen. Um, thank you for sharing this. What's next for you? Let's let's go to uh, the future for you, for Maria Jose. What's next? It's, it's very complicated. I have to really, uh, for the next few years, I have to compromise a lot with my husband and his sailing, because. He is, is his life, Patrick, and I have to be a little bit generous. So I think sailing, but I cook a lot in the boat. Yeah, we can so, imagine. Don't get seasick. <laughs> no, I don't. Actually, I don't. Nice. Although if I am cooking, I have to come out quite often mm. because I'm quite small. I'm quite small. And the, the little window above my galley is very high. Oh no. So I cannot see this the, I cannot see the sea. So I have to carry on <laughs> and if oh, it's moving I have to carry on outside. <laughs> and then I can go away. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, anyway, but I just we stop in little ports where I can do my shopping and maybe we have dinner in a restaurant or we have lunch and dinner in the boat. Mm. So the boat might be a little book as well. Okay, yeah? that sounds interesting. Cooking on a boat. Yeah. Then, mm. of course, is the possibility of, I have to do something about this chapter, this yeah. new chapter. And I think, really, I should probably end my career on writing seriously, doing a, a book, a serious book about Spanish recipes. Nice. Or my nice. understanding well, you have such a deep understanding and you're just, the way you describe food, uh, it, it, I've got three of those cookbooks coming my way soon and I'm hoping that I can capture some of you, some of your 
uh, passion, your essence, and actually the flavor of your foods. That's the key, and ingredients are important. But um, so let, I want to thank you for being here. How can people follow you, Maria? I mean, I, you have a fantastic uh, Instagram account. Yeah, Instagram. Well, uh, Instagram is something um, I, I don't know if I explained to you perhaps before, but in, and I'm not completely and utterly enamored with be very, very serious on social media. I think social media does a wonderful job, but also it can be too addictive. And I don't like that type of addiction. Mm -hmm. But I think Instagram is excellent. If what you, or what I want from Instagram is this serious group of people, which we are all involved, that we are all generous, we all share everything, thoughts that in Instagram or out of Instagram, because we use our message or we call each other's. But in my group of people, 95% are people related totally to food mm-hmm. or friends that they know me through food or, or something like that. So I love Instagram. I do too. I and and I think that's how I, that's how I found you. I think uh, you're a, a very close with uh, Chef Omar Olaboy and I know that he follows you. And, and by the way, I, I was just communicating with him. I was so excited to have you on today. And he mentioned that you have done a lot for him, opened a lot of doors. You mentioned the chef um, that does the, the chef that uh, is part of the um, Basque region that opened doors for you. Well, you did for Omar Alaboy. He had some yeah, wonderful things to say about you. Well, I didn't do for Subihana what I did for um, Alaboy because you had in mind in that when I met Subihana, Subihana was a chef with a very big heart and I was an apprentice. So when I met uh, um, Omar, I was the director of Foods and Wellness in Spain. I was already a cook and I was a writer. But um, both in its different ways are wonderful. And Omar, I love him dearly for his modesty and for his enthusiasm and for his beauty and for his beauty as a person, and to look, he's very beautiful as well. Yeah, I was going to say he's a kind of a handsome guy, you know, but whatever. <laughs> you know, you two are a, a great team, you know, even though we don't have you on this this podcast together, you're just so, you're just both so wonderful. Um, so, uh, so I, yeah, hopefully people will follow you on Instagram, and you have a great website, um, which I'll mention uh, and direct them to later, but again, I want to I want to thank you for Maria Jose for coming on. Um, and by the way, I love your last name, Sevilla. Maria Jose Sevilla. It's beautiful. Yeah, when I come uh, to the border, all, always the officers in the border say, it's true, your name is Sevilla. Say, yes, 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 my father. <laughs> You're not from Sevilla. Well, I... Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm from the north. Well, I was born in Madrid. I was born in Madrid. But nice. Patrick, thank you very much for having me. I think you do it a super job. Carry on. Um, I encourage you to to follow people more and more in food as well. I know you do all the things and that, but I think you also, we need people like you to spread the word, to, to also talk about our books. So thank you very much on behalf of all the people that you, you follow and you give your time and your, your time and your enthusiasm. Thank you. 
For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check it out at believe.com. And follow me on Instagram at Patrick Honeywell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.